Welcome to The Edge by MGR with your host, David Gill. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Edge podcast by MGR. I hope everybody's having a fantastic week as always. I certainly am. This week, we are talking about something that I have wanted to talk about for actually quite a while. Um, I've kind of talked about it dispersed through many different podcasts, but I've never really put it cohesively into one, and uh, I want to now. And actually, and that topic is, uh, obviously by the title, how um, basically smaller consumer brands are really taking it to the big guys and taking them down, or not necessarily down, but really stealing market share from the big consumer brands or the big, I'm going to call it CPG, that's kind of the official names, consumer packaged goods, but basically consumer brands. And the reason I wanted to finally have a podcast about this is because hopefully, no promises yet, but uh, hopefully I have in the works a uh interview with someone from a large uh, investment firm, I guess you could say, that specifically deals with emerging CPG brands. It's new consumer products and they're, uh, they're, they invest in, in consumer startups, I guess. And uh, they know a lot about this and they have a lot of information about this. And so I wanted to have a good interview with that. But before that interview happens, I wanted to let get my thoughts out myself of what I think. And again, no promises yet. It, it, it looked like the interview is going to happen, but you know, you never know. People cancel at the last minute. It happens. Anyways, so we're going to talk about that today. Let's get into it. You ain't got no money. I ain't got no time. All these faces looking funny when I'm driving by. So the major theme, I guess you could say, that I'm seeing, and not just me, but obviously many people are seeing, is that big CPG, big consumer brands, and when I say that, I'm talking about Nestle, Pepsi, uh, Kraft Heinz, Kellogg, all these big Coca-Cola, all these big companies that own tons of different brands. They are dying a death by a thousand cuts or a death by a thousand niche brands. Because before, the goal of a big CPG was to make a product for the masses. You know, the reason why you wanted a singular product or just a few products for the masses is that information was limited as far as products go, especially if you're looking at like food, you know, nutritional information was limited. If you're looking at like cosmetics and skincare, uh, what was good for your skin, what was bad for your skin, things of that nature was pretty limited in the pre-internet days. Um, And then advertising was very broad. There was no way to target a specific niche. You were mostly, most of the advertising was in TV commercials, that's where most eyeballs were, but obviously when you advertise on TV, uh, that's a pretty broad audience, you're not getting any super specific niche, so you couldn't make a niche product and then spend massively on TV commercials or print ads and major magazines because you're just not going to get a large enough amount of sales if your product is too niche, so they had to make a product that was large enough that everyone would want to buy it. However, the internet came along, you might have heard of it, and it changed all of this. Obviously, product information 
is more widely available than ever and the fact that digital marketing now allows you to accurately target people who would only be interested in a specific product and are likely to buy it is now possible through digital marketing which was never possible before through broad tv commercials or print ads in big cpgs cpg companies old model was create a product that works for everyone and then spend massive amounts on marketing and branding now it's becoming increasingly less common that a single product works for everyone you know no consumer category has really experienced this as much as food and beverage but this is happening in all the categories but it's because widespread information and education you know people know a lot more about food these days than they did 20 years ago people are much more health conscious this is evidenced everywhere just look at the grocery store shelves and see you know 20 years ago you would have never seen things that said gluten-free or vegan or you know no sugar all, all of that that wasn't even an idea 20 years ago but now if you don't have those things you're gonna lose out on a lot of sales and so what we're seeing now is that before when you had one you would have one product doing a billion dollars in annual sales that product is now being replaced by 50 products doing 20 million in annual sales and that's the big 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 challenge for consumer uh cpgs for huge cpgs because they are not built to develop and operate hundreds of niche brands they're built to operate and market and spend multi multiple billions of dollars advertising a specific singular product or a very few products just look at hershey's or kitkat or snickers or uh you know lays chips or jiff peanut butter or pepsi and coke you know all of those products have been selling nearly the same thing all those brands they those are pretty much the same products for decades and decades and decades and yeah you know they might have new flavor variations here and there whatever but for the most part you know pepsi is still the same as it was 50 years ago jeff peanut butter is still the same as it was 50 years you know all these things are still pretty much the same product as they were 50 years ago 70 years ago whatever and they thrived by being massive ad spenders in the tv commercial era but the era of the multi-billion dollar product may be over and i'm not saying these products are just gonna die and go away you know people still love coke and pepsi and kit kats and whatever right but like i'll give you just a you know obviously this is anecdotal but this is just my personal example and like myself there are many many other people that are like this too i used to not know any better and you know i would drink lots of sugary drinks i used to drink lots of like gatorade and i would drink sprite and i would drink coke and you know i would have sugary snacks i didn't know any better when i was younger but then once i kind of started learning more about health and nutrition i said hmm, you know it's probably not a good idea to be drinking coke all the time and yeah i'll still have coke or sprite or some soda maybe once a month or so just a little treat but you know, I'm never going to go back to having multiple sodas in a week or every day or many people have used to have Cokes multiple times a day. Yes. Are there still people who do that? Yes. But the amount of people who are 
consuming in that manner is much, much, much lower than it used to be. And we're seeing this across all, especially food products and food and beverage. But like I said, this is really applying to the personal skincare products, uh, even clothing products, especially on the fashion side for digital marketing. Uh, major fashion brands are hurting because they're not taking advantage of the hyper-targeting that digital marketing allows for. And I'll get to, into that more in a little bit. But that's my personal example of me becoming more health conscious and more educated and doing research, right? But that's not even mentioning the dietary restrictions that many people have, that they didn't realize that they were, you know, allergic or not necessarily allergic, but very sensitive to certain food products. So now they don't eat them and you, and they look for, you know, gluten-free didn't exist, what, 15 years ago. I mean, maybe there were some very, very small companies doing it, but it was definitely not something in the in the mass populace's conscious conscious consciousness. Con- Anyways, you get what I'm saying in, in their minds, I should say. Uh, and now there's a lot of people who you know their doctor will tell them, "Hey, uh, you know you're gluten sensitive. You shouldn't have gluten, right? You could just I think there's a blood test not that you just take and they tell you if you're gluten sensitive or not. And now all of a sudden there's this huge market for people who are sensitive to gluten. And that's just one example. And like that, you know, it's dairy or soy or, you know, peanut. Obviously, we knew peanuts before, but you get what I'm saying. There's a massive market now for all these different niches of people who, not even by choice, but they just literally cannot eat certain foods. And so there now are companies and niche brands creating products specifically for that market of person. And that's why I'm saying that, the era of a singular multi-billion dollar product like Lay's potato chips is probably over. I don't know that we'll see new products come up that are going to be doing billions of sales every year with just one product and maybe a couple of flavor variations. I'm not saying it's not that's impossible, but I'm saying that it's very unlikely to happen. And so the big problem with these large CPG companies is that because they can't create these niche products, they're not built to do that, they end up acquiring the successful ones. But that means that they're making defensive acquisitions. And when companies make defensive acquisitions, meaning you know they're backed into a corner and they have no choice, their shareholders are saying, hey, what are all these new brands coming up? Why aren't you developing these new brands? They're stealing your market share, etc. Uh they're backed into a corner, so they have to pay a large premium to then acquire these companies. That's why you see RX Bar. If you don't know what RX Bar is, it's like a it's like a health food bar. Uh, it's like a very minimalistic health food bar. Anyways, you can Google it if you don't know what it is. But anyways, it was like this niche product that was created just a few years ago. Literally, I think the company is like four or five years old. That's it. And they end up getting bought for I think it was $700 million by Kellogg when the company was definitely, you know, when Argus Bar was definitely not worth that. It was doing very well and growing very quickly, but they were not worth $700 million. But because Kellogg was getting desperate and needed to make some acquisition of some upcoming brand that their shareholders knew, that their board members knew, they said, oh, Argus Bar, a lot of people are talking about that these days. All right, let's just acquire it. And like that, we're seeing that all over the CBG space. But if C- if big CBGs are constantly overpaying 
for companies to acquire them out of defense, they're going to find themselves in trouble very quickly. Now, with all that said on the big CPG side, and, and what big CPGs need to do is two things. Really figure out a way to start developing these products internally. That's going to be a major culture shift <laughs> that's necessary. But if they don't do it, they will fail eventually. Or at least their market share is going to drop significantly, which means stock their stock price is going to drop significantly, which is very bad for all the executive team there because most of them are on stock-based compensation. That's how they make most of their money. So if the stock drops 50% over the next five years, they're not going to be very happy. And the second part that big CPGs need to do is learn how to market to niche audiences and niche markets instead of just doing mass market marketing. Um, but anyways, enough about big CPGs. With all of that said, right, that's kind of the negative side, the downside for the big CPGs. They have to very quickly adapt. The positive side is that if you are on the other side of this equation, if you are running or working for an emerging consumer brand, the opportunity has never, ever been larger than it is now and then it, then it will be over the next five to ten years. And I say this because, you know, we work with at MGR, we work with a lot of emerging consumer brands on their marketing. And I know a lot of our listeners work or run, uh, work for or run consumer brands. So the keys to win in this space, or not even in this space, I think that's pretty generic, but the keys to win with an emerging consumer brand is to find a niche that isn't being addressed or is barely being addressed. And even if that niche seems very small, it's okay. Because if you can create a product for a group of people that are looking for something very specific, and you're the only one that can meet those needs, you're going to completely dominate that niche. And many of you already have your product, maybe you've already found your niche. And now, right, the second part of it is that you need to focus on the other part of the disruption that's happening. And I don't like using the word disruption very often because I think it's very, very overused. But I think this is a specific case where you could definitely use the word disruption. And the second part of the disruption is that the advertising playing field has been completely flattened out. You don't have to go out and buy big TV ad spots or print spots anymore. You can go through Facebook and Instagram and target very, very, very narrow audiences that are only for your specific niche using, you know, I kind of call it hyper-targeting where you're just targeting a very, very specific group of people. That was never, ever possible before. Uh, another path that or an additional method that we definitely uh, deploy a lot is using Amazon's ad tech to target people who specifically search for the niche you sell in to buy those or not to buy but to bid on those keywords and then to target people who buy other products that might be similar to yours but not as good but the consumers who are buying those products are compromising because before you existed and you came with your product there was no better option 
And so now you can target those people who say, oh, this is actually what I really wanted. I don't have to compromise by buying this anymore. And I can buy your product instead. You know, there's so many ways with digital marketing that you can get very, very creative and very specific with how you approach things. And that's the real opportunity. You know, the real opportunity is that my honest opinion, I think that over the next call it 11 years, I'll say till 2030, call it, you know, the next 10, 11 years that we are going to see, I'm serious, thousands of 10 to $50 million uh, consumer brands built. Uh, The consumer brand space is a multi-trillion dollar space and small consumer brands are eating up a lot of that market share from the big CPGs. And I think that they will literally be thousands of new companies that are built in the CPG space that are able to do 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 million dollars a year in revenue that never ever was possible before. And that's really the opportunity because you can build a 30 million dollar a year business that 10 years ago you could not have built. So really, the, the the choice is yours. If you want to go for it, go for it. The opportunity has never been better. This is kind of the, the, the California gold rush of CPG. It's really a race to find these niche markets and really cater to those consumers and build that product, build that consumer relationship and build the next great consumer brands. I mean, that's really the opportunity here. And with that said, if you are looking for an agency to help you with that and either do a lot of the work for you or consult you and guide you on your way to digital marketing success with your niche product, uh, MGR can definitely help you with that. This is really what we do, what we we very much specialize in, and we can really help uh, emerging consumer brands grow and achieve that $30 million a year status or more uh, that so many of you are going after and that the opportunity is there. So if you want to work with us, go to uh, mgredge.com slash amz. That's for our e-commerce and Amazon section. Or if you want more just general brand consulting, you can just go to mgragency.com. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. If you made it this far, that means maybe you found this helpful or you enjoyed it even a little bit. Uh, if you did, could you please leave us a rating and review on iTunes and whatever other platform you may be listening on? It really, really helps us, and it only takes a few seconds. Literally, just click on the pod, at least on iTunes, If you just click on the podcast and tap the stars, however many stars you think we deserve. Hopefully five. Hopefully, but you know. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. I will see you guys next week.